Welcome to the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. Now, here's your hosts, B. Cox and the crew. Greetings and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Vault Podcast, classic music reviews, presented by IV Creative. It's a perspective of the classics from a fresh point of view. We appreciate you for taking your time and lending your ears to our perspective. You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and with me, a shortened version of the crew today. With me, I have my boy, Dominique Marks. He is the host of the Raw Sex Podcast. You can catch it, of course, Wednesdays, afternoons, new episodes on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts out there popping everything in the world of relationships, dating, love, and sex, and everything in between when it comes to relationships. Make sure you check that out. Before we get started, I do have to actually mention this as we're recording this right now. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention this. We uh, currently just got news right before we started the recording of this podcast that NBA legend, all-star, basketball superstar, sports superstar, icon, Kobe Bryant, died today in a helicopter crash at the age of 41 years old details are still coming in we're still trying to work out details but obviously this is very very sad news and sad news for both of us because we grew up in an era when kobe was taking the mantle from michael jordan and really established himself as one of the best players in the nba and one of the best players in the history of the league and i think he on the mile rushmore he is and um to have something like this happen, and as suddenly as it happened, you can see all the reactions coming in on social media and on TV. It's very, very sad. This will be a day that none of us will forget for a long, long time. I'll be honest and say probably for as long as we live. So before we get on to the new, the review today, I just want to say rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. Prayers to his family and to his wife and his daughters. There's a lot of conflicting reports out there. And you have to ask all of you to put a prayer up for his family today. And may you ascend safely, sir. Thank you for everything that you gave us. The sport of basketball and the world of sports. Terrible news. But we wanted to mention that before we got started today. And, of course, it's unfortunate that we have to actually counter that with the review that we're putting out today, which is something that I feel very, very strongly about. And I'm very pleased to actually review because this is an album turning 20 actually as of a couple of days ago that is probably one of my favorite of all time if not my favorite modern music album of all time of course we're talking about d'angelo voodoo his second studio album released january 25th 2000 by virgin records a classic in every sense of the word and a lot of superlatives have been given to this album upon its release so many different things have been said about it and it's almost like it's still understated even 20 years from now after this album came out. So just to tell you a little bit about the album, released January 25th, 2000, recorded 1998 and 1999 at the Electric Lady Studios in New York City. We'll get a little bit into later why that's so significant, why it was recorded there and then the atmosphere was being recorded and had a lot to do with why the album sounds the way that it does. Runtime of 78 minutes and 54 seconds. On Virgin Records, the producers on this album, executive produced by D'Angelo, also executive produced by Amir Questlove Thompson of The Roots. 
You also see other producers on this album where Dominique Trenier, who's also an executive producer, DJ Premier, and of course, the incomparable Raphael Sadiq, who had some memorable contributions on this album, you including... Can that. You can feel that on it. Yeah. 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 And... And he, including probably the signature track on this album that everybody rem- remembers, entitled "AKA How Does It Feel," which was written and also produced by Raphael Sadiq. Wow, man! Wow, this album, man. Where do I start? Just a little perspective. Well, first, I'll actually start with you, Damo. Just your perspective when you first heard the album. We were both in the same place. But just what you thought about it back then and in leading up to this week, this now, what you still think about it 20 years afterwards. Has anything changed at all for you about this? What I thought about it then was this was the panty dropper. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you don't got to just put that joint on. They come in and it's a wrap. You don't got to say nothing. Mm -hmm. You don't got to mess the mood up. It's the mood all the way there. You don't got to say nothing. It got you. It's mm-hmm. going to take you all the way home. All the way home. All the way home. I listened to it. I listened to it a couple of weeks ago because I remember you saying it. I felt the same way. I said, ooh, I kind of forgot about this. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to it again today. I was like, yo, this joke right here. Yeah. No skips. Mm-hmm. Like when we talk about love and, and our music from back then. This is R&B music for what it is back then, right yeah, there. my goodness. Mm. I was in high school when this album came out. Second part of my senior year, a couple of weeks after my 18th birthday. I was already a very big D'Angelo fan, a very big D'Angelo fan. And I bought Brown Sugar, his debut album, oh. which was incredible. Yeah. Ten tracks, no skips either. A different type of sound. Mm-hmm. You saw a lot of the different influences in his music in, in Brown Sugar. Of course, you know, he was very heavily influenced by Jimi Hendrix, very heavily influenced by Sly and the Family Stone, by Stevie Wonder, by Earth, Wind and Fire, by Curtis Mayfield, and definitely by Prince. Yeah. And you saw a lot of those things happen. And you saw he didn't put out music for a while. He emerged in 98 with the song Devil's Pie, which showed up on the belly soundtrack there were words that a new album was coming out and i think everybody was kind of wondering where d'angelo was all this time and i think after a while when we heard this album we understood exactly what it was he was going through this album was a journey for him and he took that these fans that listened to that album on that same exact journey i'm going to get into a couple of different things that have been written about it and then also the background so d'angelo worked on this album in the electric lady studios and had quest love working on it this album was recorded at the same exact time where the Soul Quarians, and for those of you who aren't aware who the Soul Quarians are, they were a music collective of a lot of different artists who had similar different tastes in music, who came together and pretty much formed like a collective. It was sort of a creative collective where they worked together, encouraged each other, shared music with each other, and they were sort of sort of like a music super friends, if you would, mm-hmm. to include in the Soul Quarians was D'Angelo himself, Bilal, Erica Badu, Blackstar, Talib Kweli, and Mostaf, The Roots. Also included that was Jay Dilla and parts of Slum Village. I mean, you could think about those names alone, and it just kind of sort of takes you there. And included in this group, they uh, all went to the Electric Lady Studios, studios built by Jimi Hendrix in 1970, shortly before he died, and all went in there to work on three different albums, on Voodoo by D'Angelo, Erica Badu's Mama's Gun, 
and Common Like Waters for Chocolate, all released in the year 2000. They all converged onto the Electric Lady Studios in 1998 and 99 to carve out this album, all during the same recording sessions. And the amount of creativity that came out of this for all three albums, the amount of musicianship, the technical quality, the sonic quality, the soul, the funk that came out of this for all of these albums was amazing because of the type of people that you had surrounded. And beyond just the artists that are here, if you think about, of course, the some of the musicians and the personnel who were involved in doing this, it was, of course, recorded by Russell the Dragon Elevato, great sound engineer who did an awesome job mixing this album. You could hear just how great this album was engineered. Assistant engineer Steve Mandel. Everything was done at the Electric Lady Studios in New York. Some of the musicians that you had on here, Mike Campbell, the legendary Pino Palladino on bass, Questlove on the drums, the legendary late great Roy Hargrove on horns, and the horns work on this album. My gosh. (laughs) Also including some of the other personnel as well. You also had other guitarists such as C. Edward Alford, the late Edward Alford as well. Then you also had guitar work and by Raphael Sadiq. And the work done by the musicians on this album made it is what made this album to me. Yeah. The lyrics and everything else, how it was written was great too, but that music, <sighs> that music, man, and the way they just went out and then you just hear the music come in and then he come back with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, <laughs> I thought the song was over. <laughs> nope. <laughs> coming back and it, and, it, and it hits you right back again. Also Charlie Hunter on the bass and guitar as well. He did work on Great Day in the Morning, which is one of my favorites. I mean, I have many favorites on this, but my goodness. D'Angelo took a break in between these albums, and he wanted to do something different with this. He wanted to uh, explore his artistic creativity. He wanted to elevate the artistry of this because he felt like something was missing in R&B around that time. And it's crazy for us to sit here now in 2020 to talk about how back in 2000 he felt like the game was missing something. And it's, we talk about the same thing about R&B now, like the game's missing yeah. something. So I'll sort of go into a little bit about the liner notes. Now, there was a message that was in the liner notes written by, co-written by D'Angelo by Saul Williams. Saul Williams, who is a famous spoken word artist, spoken word album, Amphius Rockstar, also did, I believe it was She, and there was another book as well. He's a famous spoken word artist, Slam the Movie, of course, that came out in 1990, in 1997. Saul Williams wrote this pretty much on the behalf of listening to D'Angelo and to take some of the excerpts from this. He says to be the son of a preacher man was once African-American cultural royalty as traditional churches have grown empty. Many of us have been left to wander these haunted castles that displaced Prince of Denmark contemplating the paths of our mothers, that electric lady that left landed us here in the first place. The Aquarian age is a matriarchal age, and if we are to exist as men in the new world, many of us must learn to embrace and nurture that which is feminine with all our hearts. He arts. But is there any room for artistry in hip-hop's decadent mansion? Have we walked our Timberlands soulless, spelled S-O-L-E-L-E-S-S and S-O-U-L-L-E-S-S? When you pour that wine on the ground in that video shoot that has become your life, Will you be ready to hear the voice that pours from the bottle to inebriate the very ground on which we walk? 
It is libations such as these that are the start of every voodoo ceremony. And let us not forget that is why we have come. We have come in the name of Jimmy, Sly, Marvin, Stevie, all artists formerly known as spirits and all spirits formerly known as stars. We have come in the tradition of burning bushes, burning ghettos, burning spliffs, and the ever-burning candles of our bedrooms and silent chambers. We have come bearing instruments in our voices, falsetto and baritone, percussions and horns. We have come adorned in the uh, apparel of the anointed leader and feathers, jeans, and t-shirts, linen and cashmere, and even polyester. We have come to seduce and serenade the night and the powers of darkness. We speak of darkness not as ignorance, but as the unknown of the mysterious unseen. This goes on to talk a lot about when it comes to the soul. And he says about D'Angelo and his creating voodoo. He said, here is a peer that is focused wholly on his craft that has given himself the challenge of bettering himself. I mean, really, D could have come out with any old follow-up album after Brown Sugar dropped so that he could double his sales while he was still hot. You know, an album that sounds just like Brown Sugar uses all the same formulas so that the audience wouldn't have to think or have grown. They just keep liking the same shit. He could even sample songs that you're already familiar with so that you don't have to go through the hard work of getting used to a new melody or bass line. But y'all don't hear me. <laughs> you might respond lyrics. Yo, I can't even understand, understand half the shit D'Angelo be saying. <laughs> that nigga. I was, I was saying that when I said, hold on. How is this album so fire? I don't understand a word this nigga <laughs> saying for real. <laughs> that nigga sounds like Bobby McFerrin on Opium. And I'd say, yeah, you're right. Neither can I. But I'm drawn to figure out what it is that he's saying. His vocal collaging intrigues me. Or you might say, but his shit don't sound all that original. He just sounds like he's trying to be prince of some shit. And I'd say, maybe you're right. At times he does. We often study the breathing techniques of our inspirations. Inspire means to breathe in or make breath. Inhale. And that's also true to most of you MCs. I mean, don't three-fourths of y'all niggas sound like Nas? The difference is that D'Angelo has allowed influence to simply take its place among its own intuitive artistry. He works to find his own voice within his many influences. I'd pay to see Prince's face as he listens to this album. Amir, Questlove of The Roots, said that the artist lets black people call him Prince. Do you think he feels robbed or inspired? My opinion over the years is I've sat in council's conversations about why it is that artist puts out half the shit he does. You know, the half that I'm talking about is because he lacks new inspiration. Once again, an artist is faced with the reality of having to serve as their own inspiration after they have worn out all their sly Jimmy, Marvin, Stevie. I do not mean to ignore the many inspirational female singers. I'm just making a report as regards to this male vocalist. So that's the inspiration for this album. He could have come out with a follow-up to Brown Sugar. Real quick, just like that. Sold Mm -hmm. two, three million albums, Mm -hmm. gone on about his business. He wanted to elevate the game. We talk a lot about how with athletes, and it's funny that we're talking about, like, we talk about Kobe, right? And Kobe was known for a couple of different things. Oh, yeah, Kobe could dunk. He can go to the hole. He could do this. After a certain point in time, you can see, we even talked about, man, how Kobe elevated his game after a little while, that he added so many different things to his game as his career progressed. Yeah, a lot of Juwan's Exactly. Steps. Yeah. And it's the same thing with D'Angelo. He did the same exact thing on this album. And that's the reason why this album, I think, to me, is so interesting. We're going to get, of course, into the type of things that you what you liked. And there's a whole lot to like about this, man. The musicianship on here is ridiculous. Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, you ever know, you know that feeling when you're listening to an album, right? And it's very little now that I get that feeling listening to an album. But like somebody said, 
I, I remember reading this. I think Autumn said this. Shout out to Autumn the Aries, of course, as well. Lit Life Podcast. She says, you ever listen to something and be jamming so hard that you actually get angry while listening to it? Yeah, scratch your face. Yeah, and yeah. Not, not even like angry, like, you know, angry, like you want to kill somebody, but like, damn, why the fuck did this shit crank so hard? You know? The stink face. That's the, I have the stink face while listening to this <laughs> album a lot. I'm talking about some stink I squinted up, mm-hmm. mouth twisted up, all types of stuff, just like, mm. you know, and mm. yeah, that's what you get. <laughs> you feel this shit in your soul, man. This album is so motherfucking soulful. It's so funky. It touches you right down deep into that core where it just be like, ooh, damn near like making love to a woman or like eating something really, really good, like eating your grandmother's sweet potato pie <laughs> or something, man. That's what it's like listening to yeah, this yeah. album. And if you love music, you know exactly what that feeling that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into the tracks, which what it is that you loved. I'll just ask you for a few of your highlights, <laughs> and I'll you let you what? go. I was thinking about this over here. I have no low lights. <laughs> no, there is none. Mm-hmm. I was like, was it something? And I felt like there's something that I missed back then that I didn't. I don't think I. You know what? I'm gonna say Africa. Listening to Africa again, mm-hmm. I didn't catch it then. Yeah. So that one called me. I was like, oh, all right. And I'm still confused on when he talk about. Uh, it's not the root. What's the John when he talking about? He got the gun. He pulling the trigger. That's like, the on the line. I'm going to put my finger on the trigger. I'm going to pull I'm it. I'm going to pull it. Oh, and then we going to see what the deal, baby. I'm, I'm for real. real. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, hold on. <laughs> is he talking about killing himself? Is he talking about his ego? But what is yeah. he talking about? I'm, still, I like, I listen to it like, I'm still trying to figure out what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. I think he's, see, and that's the thing that I love about getting into the lyrics when you talk about yeah. I think that was that was probably more so figurative more than anything else because the name of the song is the line yeah. and he's gonna put it all on the line yeah. and it's like before you about to do something alright man let me I'm gonna go ahead and pull this trigger real quick pull the trigger on it go ahead and do it trigger yeah, yeah. I'm like well, what, what is he talking about? I'm gonna stick to my guns you yeah. know so it's like alright he putting it out there he gonna stick to his guns he gonna pull the trigger and he's gonna put everything, pull all this out on the line to be able to, for whatever it is that he's yeah. looking to do, you know. And and I feel like and you remember like the opening lines to this song is like I've been gone, gone so long, just want to sing, sing my song. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like to me, mm-hmm. I just think it was figuratively Maybe him talking the, about no. putting it all on the line. Oh, this, yeah, and I think he was talking about well, this, this is album. album. Yeah, now you that know? you say that, that's probably what exactly what you're talking about. I'm saying like, hold on, mm-hmm. you know, you thinking in the R&B, like, hold on, is we talking about taking himself out for a youngin? Mm, nah, but now, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, it's it's um, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. <sighs> yeah, it ain't really that. I, yeah, I, it ain't I, no. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go through this almost even track by track, and I'm gonna take you through the journey of how I digested this album. Then, in between and now, that opening track, "Player Player," which is written by D'Angelo and also by Angie Stone. Now, Angie Stone and D'Angelo were in a relationship together, yeah. have a child together, and by this point, I think they had broken up. Mm-hmm. Which even we could even talk about now that the birth of his son, of D'Angelo's son, inspired him to write a couple of songs, particularly the track number five, Send It On. Um, and also The Root, you have to think, I think that was even inspired by his breakup and by yeah. Angie Stone. 
the opening track with player player you hear that those chants in the background as if literally like you're about to go through a voodoo ceremony and then that that snare drum comes in and and then that bass that bass that bass line just grabs you and that's just the first part of it because then afterwards then the organs come in Mm -hmm. and then the guitars come in and <laughs> that bass, that bass by Pino Palladino. My God, Pino! Oh, that song, Lord! Like I, remember yeah. I was like, hold on, this song still on? Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it still on? Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, that joke's still on. I said, oh yeah, that's the one. So that first minute and thir- that first minute thirty seconds of them leading up to getting the song started, even before he really even starts singing some yeah, you lyrics, already, you already in the vibe. It's just like wow. And then those horns come in once the full track comes in, and you hear them drums and that those horns by Roy Hargrove, and it's just like oh my gosh. Like I remember when I first heard that shit, I was like oh this is different. Like you hear Brown Sugar, Brown Sugar was the first track of Brown Sugar. You knew what you was getting when you heard this. It was like oh this shit different. <laughs> like we in for something we in for something that this is the first track then you get devil's pie which i had heard of course back in 98 because yeah. it was on belly produced by dj premiere of course um a lot of different samples on there the important thing about this for me is the message that's in devil's pie is the message of the chorus fuck the slice we want the pie why it's why till we fry watch us all stand in line for a slice of the devil's pie Drugs and thugs, wins and wise, threes and fours at a time. Watch us all stand in line for a slice of the devil's pie. And the type of things he was talking about, because that was one of those songs like, oh, damn, I don't even know what the hell this nigga's saying. If you sit and listen to that damn song and hear the shit that he's saying, there's some serious type shit that he's spitting in that, in that track, man. And you just back that up with a primo track that fits almost exactly that message and what it is he's trying to do. And this is the only track that didn't include live instrumentation on it. This is one track produced by DJ Premier. And some people might have thought that this track would have sounded out of place because everything else was live, but this one wasn't. This one did it, man. Then, of course, you get into left and right. And that was just, of course, another funky track because that guitar that comes in in the beginning, you got verses by Med and, Med and Meth, Meth Man mm-hmm. and Red Man. And you also got D'Angelo doing his thing. It's a funky ass track. Like, you just can't help but sit there and bob your head. And. Words was, of course, is that Q-Tip was originally going to be actually on this song. He wrote some verses, and then based on, of course, notes that I've seen on it, is that they decided not to put Q-Tip on the song because his what the feel they were going for, he wasn't really getting the feel they were looking for on that song. But he did provide vocal percussion on that, too. He actually stood up and did, you know, percussion with his mouth, just like he was beatboxing, along with everything else that he's done. So it's crazy. Like, he got involved in the track even without spitting a verse, man. Mm-hmm. And all the other instruments on the, that you hear, the bass, the bass guitar, the guitar, all done by D'Angelo. And I just love hearing it because it's just a little change-up. you hearing what Meth and Red, you know, two hip-hop artists, two rappers, two dope-ass MCs on a song like this, and then you get into the line. And the line, that's, some, that's a very haunting track, that guitar by Raphael Sadiq. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I feel like Raphael Sadiq needs to get his flowers, man. You know, we talk about people on the internet. They say, give people their flowers, and they say, "Yo, for these artists." You I think, think Raphael. You don't think he get his flowers? I think no. I don't think he gets enough props, man, for the work that he's done for himself and for other people. I mean, that guitar. Had you hear that? <laughs> I mean, what? Are you kidding me? And D'Angelo doing stuff, and of course, like the lyrics to that were just out of this world too. And then by the time you get to send it on. 
I mean, there's a portion in Send It On when he breaks it down. He's just like, oh, sometimes it makes you want to stop to say, ooh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the way it starts. It's just like, yeah, the way the whole track starts with those those same those, those horns by Roy Hargrove and that bass by Pino laying it down. And then, of course, the slow drum beat by Questlove. And, and and I mean, but then that's just that t- that point and send it on where he's just like, ooh, ooh, ooh. it's just like you felt that shit because it's just like, like to the point I was saying, like, I was like, yo, mm-hmm. I don't understand what the hell this nigga's right. saying. <laughs> <laughs> but this show go. <laughs> this show go. Send it on was actually written in inspiration with the birth, of course, of his son, of D'Angelo's son. And that was like one of the first songs actually from what I understand they wrote for the album. The album transitions and go right into chicken grease. <laughs> Shit funky as fuck. It's like being and listening to go, go. I'm always been surprised that nobody's from what I understand. I've never heard a go, go band pick this up and try to cover it. I don't know. And you know, chicken grease, the actual term chicken mm-hmm. grease, like you hear the, the, um, the references of it in the song, but it actually refers to a term that Prince actually made up. And it refers to a set of notes and chicken grease is actually named after a term that Prince talked about that used for his guitarist to play the nice minor chord while playing 16th notes that you ever get chicken grease on your fingers Yeah, and you, what are you doing like this, right? Yeah, Trying to get it off you. It's yeah. the same thing you're doing on the guitar. And it's crazy when you think about that. When I read that, I was like, damn, yo, I just thought about this. You get fried chicken and you sitting there trying to get the damn grease off your fingers. It's the same shit you're doing with the guitar. That's what chicken grease is. <laughs> Another thing about chicken grease, which is crazy, is that this song was actually a song that was originally supposed to be for Common for Lights, Waters, for Chocolate. Wow. So Common got it. Common actually listened to it. And was like, yo, man, I don't know if this is really me. Why don't we give it to D? So D'Angelo was working on a song, Ghetto Heaven, that eventually they swapped songs. Mm-hmm. So Common got D'Angelo to get him Ghetto Heaven, mm-hmm. which ended up on Like Water for like Chocolate, Heaven. which D'Angelo featured on, which is the original Ghetto Heaven, by the way. Like the one that they put out to the masses was the one with Macy Gray. That shit don't even touch the D'Angelo version that Common had on there, man. That was no surprise, man, because that, that shit was terrible. Nothing against Macy Gray, but yeah. come on, it's D'Angelo. And then Chicken Grease was right here on um on Voodoo. One more again. Well, that shit starts because you can hear him in the background. Sounds of him putting in work. <laughs> <laughs> Supposedly putting in work. And that was just a real slow, haunting tune. But the message of that song was crazy too, because he was just trying yeah. to get it one more, one more again, <laughs> one more again. Crazy. The root was the one you were talking about. That was the one where that really kind of stood out to me as well. I think that was a, a really about some of the relationship with him and Angie Stone. But that's the bass and guitar on that was done by Charlie Hunter, and other re- instruments that was done by D'Angelo. But that was just a nice little soulful soulful track that kept things moving my underrated highlight of this album spanish joint (laughs) the it was so different and so out of the box and the work by everybody on this bass and guitar by charlie hunter 
Of course, the horns by Roy Hargrove are absolutely insane. And I heard an acoustic version of this. And shout out to, of course, 12 Cow. The 12 Cow podcast did a, a recap of Voodoo as well. And I listened to it and gave him props and told him we would be doing this. And he said he would check it out. He included an acoustic version of D'Angelo doing a demo for this. Just all being played on the piano. Wow. That's it. Just him on the piano singing the lyrics. And you hear all the other all the other instruments you hear when you hear Spanish joint. You hear that key, that guitar part. And then the horns and stuff in the background all being done. Just like a crazy, crazy ill track. Like it's wild. Feel Like Making Love is actually a cover that he did of Roberta Flack track. And this was just pretty much his version and a cover that he did of that track. And that's cool. It's it's a much a lot of a different and interesting spin on that track. My favorite track on this album is the next one. Great day in the morning, booty. <laughs> that to me is um when I graduated from high school, I graduated from high school and woke up to that track. I specifically programmed my CD player to say, all right, wake me up at seven o'clock, play track number 11 from this CD. And that's the track that woke me up in the morning when I graduated from high school. This track right here. And (laughs) (laughs) again, great work by Charlie Hunter on this and the arrangements on here by D'Angelo and Charlie Hunter. And then the the drums on here by Questlove is ridiculous, man. I jam to this joint and put it my volume on full blast whenever I have this on here. Cause then you get through the song and you know, the course as well is something great, like very minimalistic, but it tells the story exactly what he's trying to get across. And then when you get into the booty part of the song at the end of it, where he's, they switch up the track completely to yeah. another completely different track. And then you get to untitled. <laughs> The big thing for those of y'all who can't remember, if you're old enough, about this song is not necessarily the song itself, which is incredible. Produced by D'Angelo and Raphael Sadiq, written by D'Angelo and Raphael Sadiq, arranged by those two. Get a guitar on here as well by C. Edward Alford. The bass and guitar on here as well done by Raphael Sadiq. It's an incredible song. Because just listening to it, it's an incredible song to listen to. But the fervor over this track was about that damn video. (laughs) <laughs> and that damn video is a cause for a lot of the reasons why why D'Angelo fell off and fell into the background. Because he said whenever he would perform this song, there would be women shouting for him to take his shirt off. <laughs> take it off. Take it off. To take his clothes off. For those who haven't seen the out the seen the video and aren't old enough to remember it, you can watch it on YouTube, man. You can pull it up. I'm not too a big of a fan of watching the video myself because I saw it enough back then and I've seen it. And there's some things that I don't want to see. And it's a video of D'Angelo, presumably naked, at least from the torso, from the the mid-torso, uh, mid-abdomen down. The camera pans in just enough so you get to the point right before you get to, you, you know what I'm talking about. And women used to see this video. And if they had YouTube back in the day, I'm pretty sure that bad boy probably would have a record of near the most video of a music video being watched on YouTube, being downloaded and watched over and over again. And it kind of got caught up in the video. It made him a sex symbol, one. But then, two, I think it kind of also took a little bit away from how great a song it was. Yeah. You know, because it's a great song. It's a great song. It is a great song. And wow. I mean, 
he said that he got the problem was, like I said, he was people were more interested in. And he said part of the reason why I think he went through a lot of stuff he did uh, when he came, did his comeback in 2012, 2013, before he did Black Messiah, which is his third album that he felt as though people weren't appreciating his artistry. And for somebody that comes into the music like D'Angelo does, mm-hmm. that's very, very important. And when people don't give a shit about your music and the only thing they want to do is take your clothes off and let me see your dick and all types <laughs> of shit like that. <laughs> you know, but and then it gets into Africa. And as you mentioned, I think a lot of people tend to on a, kind of overlook Africa because yeah. it's that last track after How Does It Feel? But you get into it. And that's a great song as well, man. Yeah. It's a great song. And that contains a drum sample as well by I Wonder You, performed by Prince. And that's a great way to close out the album. And in a really, really creative way, and this sort of speaks towards Questlove and his creativity, they take this and you hear the album almost being played in reverse. From Africa, backwards from stuff that you heard from How Does It Feel, all the other tracks until you get to the beginning of Play A Player, and that's how the album ends. 13 tracks. Mm, Just unbelievable quality. I mean, the funky, soulful, thoughtful, vulnerable. Like you said, you talked about some, this was the panty droppers. I think when I had this album, right, because it stayed in regular rotation between my car and my my dorm room when I was at college. You burned the CD up. I did. (laughs) And not only that, but I think when I did have to put it into use, I think I batted a thousand off of this joint. <laughs> I think I batted a thousand percentage on this. It was like, yeah, this joint was getting in. Y'all already know it was going down. Just amazing. So many things involved in this between neo soul, between jazz, between funk, pop music, talking about so many different things such as spirituality, love, sexuality, maturation, talks about fatherhood. It's been named in 2000. It was named the album of the year by Tom's. You look at any one types of things. This is an incredible, credible piece of work by D'Angelo and by a great group of musicians and engineers and writers who made this project come together. This was really the equivalent of him being like, all right, cool. Y'all thought Brown Sugar was good. Watch this. (laughs) That's really what I think this was, man. This is incredible work. We've been talking, man, and and so I, I read a lot of different things about this, and it was interesting to think that Robert Christigal, who was wrote for the Village Voice, says that basically, well, really, he wrote and said that it was the greatest R and B album of the post Prince era. He says, and it is, but are we putting too much on it? And this is also comes from a Vibe article written actually by Naima Cochrane. So um, Cochrane, so um, shout out to her for this post she put out a couple of days ago she wanted to know whether or not we were putting too much on the album itself and I kind of see where she's coming from but to put kind of I guess where you can sort of take from that is that Questlove said this said music lovers come from two under two umbrellas number one those who use it for growth and spiritual fulfillment and number two for those who use it for mere background music so the thing is this record is too extreme to play the middle of the fence this record is the litmus test that will review reveal for most of your personality. I think that's right, man, but it's incredible. It's a great album. It's 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 an incredible album. Like I've said many times before, I think this might be my favorite modern music album like ever of any genre. Jazz, hip hop. Wow. 
any neo soul album to me this is the pinnacle when it comes to when you and you just can't put it in the category of neo soul to me you have to put it i mean it's so many different elements in this that it's just like damn dog. i do have one gripe though right now the only thing is that they all recording these albums together mama's gun voodoo like water for chocolate well would it really put this i mean this album's already over the top but really would have put this in in the stratosphere as if we could have gotten a feature from miss badu since they was in the same studio working on the same stuff they were in different rooms but yeah but you know this was a good follow-up this was an exceptional follow-up to brown sugar to the point where i listen to brown sugar but this is my go-to album and this album put him so far out of the stratosphere that it's almost like he didn't know how to be able to come back from it yeah. So there's a documentary for those who don't know that was done called Devil's Pie about the Chronicle D'Angelo's comeback as he was heading into his third studio album and his tour with the Vanguard called Black Messiah. It pretty much chronicled his climb back because after Voodoo, he went through a lot of different things. He had troubles with the law. He had a couple of arrests for like drug, you know, for with drug possession. He was caught drunk driving. He got into a car accident where he actually was ejected from the car. Everybody remembers that famous mugshot where he was, his face was blew up. Yeah. He was like he had grown. People said he was over three hundred pounds, and that flew so much into the face of what we knew. This is the same guy that was on the How Does It Feel video naked, you know, with a perfect, you know, perfectly sculpted, you know, been in the gym three times a day every day for th- for, for for five years. Like that's what it to this. He had fell so far, and so that's the talk in between. Voodoo to when he came back is like, damn, D'Angelo done fell off, man. He done fell off. He done fell off. And this documentary goes into how he came back, how Voodoo lifted him into the stratosphere, how he couldn't deal with the success and the fact that he felt like his artistry wasn't being taken seriously by the fans. And then how he dealt with all the different things that fell out from that on his way back through the road. So unbelievable album. I'll ask you this, though. Now that you we have been twenty plus years and years or so later, how do how do you do you think twenty years from now you can still play this album when your kids are grown and you know because you have two kids and you know they'll be grown in twenty years and twenty years well could this be an album that just that they come into dad's house and he's sitting there chilling having a drink or so yeah 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 this one's gonna stand the test of time it is yeah and. Cause I can't even think of a. I'm gonna keep it R&B. I can't think of an R&B album that really could set the mood like this. Yeah, the way this one do. It's. I mean, it's everything, man. Like you said, how you talk about some, you multi-purpose. Like we talked about with the Outcast review when we did Southern Playlistic. We talked about Funky Ride, yeah. and we said it's a multi multi-purpose track that you could chill to it, you could drink to it, you could smoke to it, and you could have sex to it. Yeah. You could do everything with this. You can make love to this album. Everything. You can sit and chill. You could burn a spliff. You could have a drink. You could get drunk. It fits every single mood you can think about. You could put it on replay, clean exactly. the house. The young come over while the house clean. While the house clean. On. I'm like, oh, smell good. Here. <laughs> Take it off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've done work, like housework, and cleaned up to this album. Because it's a great listen. And the musicianship on here is just absolutely awesome. Pino 
Palladino and his work on the bass. The work that was done as well by Charlie Hunter, work done by C. Edward Alford, Questlove, Raphael Sadiq. And then the mixing of this, of course, and part of the how they were able to get the sound for this album is that they used a lot of old vintage equipment, that analog equipment, no, not really anything digital. And you could feel the warmth that that analog equipment gets you, those plugins, those amplifiers, the different type of things that you get, that you get through analog equipment that can't be replicated digitally. And that's why this it sounds so organic. Like the sound here is just so soulful. And that soulful sound comes through through that warmth that comes through the system as they were recording in the studio. This can be something that I can play 20 years from now. Heck, 30, 40 years from now as I'm still alive, I can still play this album. Much how like our parents are still playing Marvin Gaye albums, yeah. and Temptation albums yeah. and them also playing people playing classic John Coltrane albums and Miles Davis albums to me that's in the same type of category people playing Michael Jackson's Thriller and Off the Wall and Prince's Purple Rain it's man this is an awesome album it is and I can't believe it's been 20 years already now oh, since really? it's been out and to look at D'Angelo's career, to stop, start with something to brown sugar, get to the pinnacle of voodoo, fall all the way off, come back with the album like Black Messiah, and then reach the pinnacle yet again. Not only that, but then come back and win a, win a Grammy. Not just win one Grammy, but two Grammys off of Black Messiah. <laughs> and he's still out here doing his thing, still performing. And it just shows sort of like the talent that he has and the, the effort that he put forth into the artistry. And I really appreciate that about him because it speaks to a different level of level of dedication all for one, his growth, our growth, and then also for our entertainment as well. If you haven't listened to this album, you have wasted 20 years and I don't know what the hell you're doing with yourself. <laughs> you need to go ahead and get, pick this album up, listen to it and don't just listen to it, study it, read the lyrics Listen to the instruments and the notes that are being played. Think about the themes that are going on present that are in this album. Think about the effort that was put in in order to be able to, cre to create such a quality piece of work. I mean, there's so many different things. I'm running out of superlatives to even talk about this thing, man. So just listen to it. Listen to it. Read about it. Read articles about it. Read the perspectives. Go and search some of the videos to, to hear Questlove and D'Angelo himself and Pino Palladino talk about making this album. If you're a music lover and if you're like myself and you love researching stuff like that, you'll be in heaven listening to that stuff no, all day, man. You to this album. You got to hear this You got to hear this album. You listening, but you don't hear me. <laughs> exactly. You listening, but you don't hear him. <laughs> it was great, man. So D'Angelo's Voodoo, 20 years later, released January 25th, 2000. Of course, go and check it out. It's on Apple Music. It's on Spotify. If you get a chance and you have a record player at home, if it's available on vinyl, Go get it on vinyl because as good as this sounds on the CDE and digitally to hear something recorded analog on vinyl, it's like butter on hot toast. Mm. <laughs> it's so smooth, man. Go get it. Listen to it. Appreciate it, man. Get back to us. Of course, we always like to hear from everybody, man. Shout out to, of course, everybody who's been listening to the show. Gotten a lot of different uh, got good feedback from folks who will listen to it. Of course, shout out to 12 Cow, the 12 Cow podcast. He showed us some loves. We mentioned Autumn the Aries. Shout out, homegirl. Appreciate everything that y'all there doing. We definitely want to give some shout to other folks. Kill889. Um, also, 
all the folks, of course, on Instagram as well from my, just my show, but then Dominique's show on Raw Sex Podcast. We appreciate all the feedback and you guys sharing the content. We know the word's starting to get out there. So thank you again. You can reach me, of course, on Instagram on a few different places. You can reach me on at It's Lesson. You can reach me as well, Ivy Creative, who produces this show and also Raw Sex Podcast at I-V-E-C-R-E-8. And you can also get the Vault Podcast on Instagram. Vault CMR podcast. You can get us on Twitter, of course, on Vault Podcast, uh, the on Vault Classic. That's at Vault Classic. And Dominique, you can get him on Buddy underscore Love thirty one on Instagram. You can see his his timeline. It's uh, informative and also entertaining as well. <laughs> you can get the Raw Sex Podcast on Raw Sex Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter on Raw Sex Podcast one, the number one. So make sure y'all put that out there course it's going to wrap up yet another edition of the vault please make sure you check us out on our host podbean that's vaultcmrpodbean.com you can also download stream subscribe to the vault cmr and you can go to our link tree that's on any of our social media sites and it'll have all the streaming sites available and then also of our social media make sure you're following and liking our social media including our facebook's instagram twitter and youtube page we appreciate all the support and if you have a friend tell a friend and if you have that friend, make sure you tell them to tell a friend. Keep on doing it, y'all. The numbers are going up. We appreciate it all. In closing, we always want to remind you to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we like to remind everyone to dream big because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this world. And of course, as the Mamba who's just passed would say the same thing, have that mentality and go after everything big. Of course, we close this out by saying rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. On that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and follow us on Facebook at IV Creative and Instagram at IVECRE8.